0: and welcome to the well here at STSA. It seems like it's been forever since we've been together, right? It seems like it's been so long, so Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Merry Second Christmas, the sequel part or whatever it was. hope everyone had a great time. It feels like it's been, I don't know, since last year, since we've been here together, but it's great to all be back here together. Before I get into today's topic, I just want to give you like a programming note is as we mentioned earlier is that next week we are starting a new series called Unhurried. And this is one of those series, it's gonna be a friends and families day, so you can invite a friend and invite whoever it is that you want. It's a series that I I, I, I truly believe it's a game-changing, life-changing series, because it's all about how we are not built for speed, and we are not built to go at the pace that we are going. So this is the easiest series on the planet to invite someone to. If you know anyone who says I need to slow down, you know anyone who's complaining about the pace of life, you know anyone who says it's just too much, rush, 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 tell them to come to church with you next Sunday, And we got these flyers here back at the connection table. Okay, you can take one of these and grab it, hard copy, give it to someone, or you can just forward them an email or a text or anything like that. But that's next Sunday. I'm super duper excited. Five-part series starts next Sunday, January 15th. But for today, before we get there, now that we stand at the start of a new year, okay, it's common for us to stand here and kind of look ahead to the year and say what we want to do and what we want to accomplish, and maybe what we don't want to do and what we hope to remove from our lives. But I always think that the best thing to do before you look forward is to look back and to reflect upon the year gone by. For sure, 2022 was a great year in so many different ways. Lots to celebrate, lots of joy, lots of good things happened. But if we're honest, okay, as I kind of look out over the faces right here and think about the names that are in my head, 2022 was a rough year for a lot of people. And a lot of people, unfortunately, ended the rough year, ended their year, and they look back and they feel frustration, or maybe pain, or maybe sorrow. For a lot of people, we lost loved ones. A lot of people, maybe there's an illness that they were diagnosed with that they don't know where it's gonna lead them or it's gonna leave a loved one. A lot of people, sure you can relate to this, struggled financially, okay, and saw a lot of the, the, that they had worked for kind of go in the wrong direction. For a lot of people, this was the year that their family fell apart, unfortunately. For some people, they would say, this is the year that I stopped talking to so-and-so. For some people, they would say, this is the year that someone left, and we don't know if they're gonna come back. And even more sad, we don't even know if we want them to come back. And as a result of that, a lot of people would say the end of 2022 Not with the hopes and the joys and the dreams and the excitement. Like The new year's supposed to be like a fresh start and it's supposed to be like unlimited optimism and enthusiasm and hope. But for a lot of people, just being honest, that the truth is, is that we ended the year hopeless, despair, feeling like we don't know where to go. So our topic here for today that I want to talk about is what to do when you're in that situation. And actually, more than that, what I want to talk about is how to prevent that situation from even taking place. I think of it like physical injuries. Okay, those who know me know I like to play sports, I like to work out, I like to do stuff. And because of that, I end up getting injured a lot. Okay, I've had the herniated disc, I've had the stress fracture, I've torn ligaments, torn tendons, a myriad of different things, and all due to my own overexerting myself. And I, I came to the conclusion, I figured out why this is. Because I love Rocky movies. Anyone like Rocky movies? OK, I love Rocky movies. So when I work out, I work out like I'm going to fight Drago the next day. Like That's how I work out. OK, I feel, and I know I don't look like that, but I mean, I feel, or I also like, I like like, Michael Jordan. I like to watch those videos of Michael Jordan. So when I play ball, I'm going for the NBA Finals every single time I play. So because of that, I injured myself many frequent times. And my goal is always the same. My goal is not just to fix what was broken, but to strengthen it so it can last even further. That I can end up stronger than I started. And the expression in the, in the physical therapy wor- world is bulletproof, you may have heard this like bulletproof your back, okay, or bulletproof your shoulders, or bulletproof your knees. Well, I want to take the same principle and apply it spiritually. I want to bulletproof my hope. I want to bulletproof my joy. I want to bulletproof my my, my peace that's inside, so that maybe I lost a little bit of hope this past year. I want to restore, and then I want to bulletproof it and strengthen it so that it's stronger than it even started, so that nothing can take it away. And I believe that's what God wants from us, It's to bulletproof our joy, our peace, our hope so that no matter what the circumstances may come in life, that it can't shake us, it can't knock us down because the truth of the matter is the older you are in life, the more you realize it. The older you are in life, the more you realize what I'm about to say. When you're young, you think the opposite. But when you're old like me, you realize this, that joy and hope and peace have nothing to do with circumstances. When we're young, we think the reason we don't have those things is because of circumstances that if only this would happen, only this would stop happening, or if only this would get fixed, that's what we think, circumstances. But the older I get and the older you get, the more you realize it has nothing to do with it. Those who find joy can find joy no matter what the circumstances. And those who can't find joy won't find joy no matter what the circumstances. Same with hope, same with peace, it's nothing to do with the outside. The outside joy or peace or hope, the outside is like a deck of cards. Okay, or uh, the house of cards, sorry. You know, when you build the house of cards, that it can stand there and it looks nice and it's very pretty, but if somebody sneezes, the whole thing falls apart. That's what outside joy and outside hope and outside peace, that's what it's like. We want to get the bulletproof kind. We want to get the kind that comes from inside. And that's what I want to talk about today. And believe it or not, I don't believe in magic pills. I don't believe in shortcuts. I don't believe in silver bullets. I don't believe when people are like, tell me the one thing. Like, I don't got time to read the whole Bible. Like, just give me the one thing. Like, boy, like, just give me the one thing. Or like, I wanna be closer to God this year. Tell me the one thing. Or to solve my problem. Give me the one thing to solve my problem. Or the one thing to lead me to the answer. I don't believe in that. But in this situation, I gotta be honest, and I think there is one practice, one spiritual practice above all other spiritual practices that if there ever is a silver bullet, it's this, that leads you to the joy, that leads you to the peace, that leads you to the hope. I'm not saying it's a, it's a fix-all for all of life, but I'm saying if there was, if there was one thing, it would be this one thing. And believe it or not, it is the number one most command, com, the number one most repeated command in the Bible. Do you know what the number one most repeated command in the Bible is? It's not pray, it's not love it's not forgive, it's not believe, it's none of those things. Do you know what it is? It's praise. Did you know the number one most repeated command in the Bible is to praise? And I wanted to tell you how often it's repeated, but the truth is, it's almost impossible to calculate because there's so many derivatives of it. Praise the Lord, bless the Lord, glorify the Lord, sing to the Lord, shout to the Lord. There's so many derivatives of it, but this one idea of praising God, of singing to him, of of shouting his glory is repeated more than anything else in the New New Testament, Old Testament combined. One author tried to, 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 to estimate how often it's repeated. And he said that in the New Testament alone, 692 times we're commanded to sing or praise or glorify or exalt God. And in the Old Testament, he came up with 6,160. Now, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that sounds about right. Because it's really hard to get through a page of scripture without being commanded, seeing the command to sing to God and praise his holy name. I got you just three examples right here. And I could have gotten you a hundred of them, but they got me on a time limit right here. Psalm 96, 1 through 4. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. This commanded like 10 times in just those four verses. Another verse Psalm 98, verse 4. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice, and sing praises. And in case you think it's just King David in the Psalms, it's not. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted sing to the lord for he has done excellent things you find me a man or woman of god you find me a man or woman of god and i promise you at the core of their existence is a life of praise moses was a man of god and moses was a man they crossed the red sea first thing he said is everyone sit down we're going to praise god and moses say we sing to this day we sing the praise of moses King David was always praising God no matter what happens. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. He praised God. Three holy youth thrown in the first. Praise God. St. Paul was in prison. He praised God. Job suffered more than any other person on the planet. And Job, when his wife told him, Enough! This is enough. Curse your God. He said, No, 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 no. We're not just going to accept good from God and not accept bad. We're going to bless the name of the Lord no matter what happens. Every righteous man or woman of God at the heart of their life comes a life of praise. Even Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary had like very few lines in the scriptures. Very few lines. But her most famous of them all is what? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. It's a praise. Her most famous line is a praise. Because the number one command in scripture, the number one command to the children of God, the number one command, whether it was Old Testament or New Testament, if you're a believer, the number one command is praise him, praise him. And obviously, when I say praise him, it's more than just the words. Like the goal isn't the words, the the goal isn't like, hey, you have such beautiful voices and God is like the angels, they're like, okay, but like, Father Anthony, that's the voice that I wanna hear. Okay, so it's not just the the, the voice, okay? Some of you laughed a little bit too hard at that one, okay? (laughs) It's not the voice, it's not the words, it's not the action. But what it is, is is what it teaches us that's inside. So when we praise God with our mouth, what we are doing is we are training our minds. We are training our hearts. We are training our eyes, not just to see the bad of the world, but the goodness that's in Him. We're training our hearts not to look to earthly things for answers, but training our hearts to see only Him. We're training ourselves, our eyes, to look up. Beyond everything that's right here. And that's why praise is the key to a life of joy and a life of peace. And listen carefully here. I don't care what your resolution is for 2023, it's the key to the life that you want. It's the key to the life that you need. And it's the key to the life that God wants to give each and every single one of us. Now, let's take a step back. Why? What's the connection between praise and this this joyful life? What's the connection? I'm gonna give you a verse here from Psalm 22, verse three. It's one of my favorite verses in Scripture. I think paints the perfect picture for us. It says, "You, speaking to God, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel." What King David is saying here is there's a link between us praising the people of God, Israel, the people of God, the children of God. There's a link to the people of God praising, and God being present, God being enthroned, God having a seat and sitting down amongst his people. In other words, let me say it in a a different way. When we praise, when my heart is lifted up and I say, I'm praising God, praising God, I'm making a chair, and who sits on that chair? God. When I praise him, I make a seat for him in my home, in my family, more importantly, in my heart and in my life. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Think about it. If I ask you, when did you feel the presence of God the most? Think back. You've had many experiences in life. When did you feel the presence of God the most? Was it when you were complaining that one day? When you were bitter? When you were angry? That's when you felt the presence of God? I don't know about you, but I think most people would say like what I'm about to say is the times that I felt the presence of God the most. There are times where you feel his presence there. I wish it was 24-7, but unfortunately it's not. But the times that you feel it, most likely you would say, like me, I was with a group of people, and we were singing praises to God. Whether maybe it was like a holy week, and we were praising God together, or some church service, or maybe it was a retreat, and we were singing songs in the prayer meeting, or maybe it was just a group of us. But most likely you will say, that you are in some form of praise, some form of singing to God. Maybe you feel God's presence when you're alone by yourself, but even if that's the case, I'll bet you it's when your attitude is one of praise and not one of complaining and bitter and woe is me and life stinks. Many times I've prayed and I've complained and I've asked and I've wondered why and I don't feel God's presence there. And then many times I've prayed, praised God and I walk out of that prayer saying, God, I know you're with There's a connection between us praising and God's presence in our lives. And I'll show you a passage right now from Scripture. It's a strange passage where God makes this connection to us through the prophet Isaiah. It's a weird, weird, weird passage. But if you understand this concept, it makes a lot of sense. It's Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. And it says this. And the first verse says, Sing, O barren, sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. Now, the first verse right there, that doesn't make much sense. Because he's saying to a barren woman, sing and praise. Did you know that in the Old Testament times especially, the barren woman is the most, sorry for the expression, miserable of all people. The most miserable human on the planet and the most to be pitied is a barren woman because she's got nothing. She got no children. Her husband doesn't care much for her because she didn't bring him a child. And I'm not saying that's the way we should look at it, but that's the way society looked at it at the time. So she would have been rejected by her husband, especially a husband who had opportunities for multiple wives, that he was going to look much more favorably on the ones who brought the children. So she had no children. She had no husband. She had no job or career. That's not the way it worked back then. Society shunned her. And worst of all, who seemed to be approving the shunning of this woman? God. Because their belief was that when a woman was barren, it was cursed by God. And that's why she was barren. She must have done something wrong. She must be a bad person. God must be against her. So my husband doesn't care about me. Society hates me. I got no children to care about me. I got no career. I got no future. I got no nothing. And even God is saying, nah, you're not, you're not one. Of, I like her better. That's why I gave her more children. And Isaiah comes to this one and says, sing. Sing what? Sing a funeral song? Okay. Sing like, woe is me? Like, remember the pity party? Okay, we're good. Like, sing a pity party? Okay. But he's saying, no, rejoice. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud. It's like, what? He goes on. He says, for the children, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. You see what he's saying? Praise, sing, shout for joy. Why? I'm miserable. I got nothing. He says, no, no, don't worry. More the children of the desolate than the children of the married. Actually, what he's telling her here. Is actually, you need a bigger home. You need to expand your tents. You need to buy more land. There's not enough space. Expand, to build the addition. Get that fourth bedroom. Okay, get the mother-in-law suite. Like, you're going to need more space. Saying what? If it was you and I, think about it. If you and I were in this situation, we're hopeless. We're miserable. We got nothing. And God says, praise, because I'm going to do this, this, and this for you. What would you say? You would say, okay, do it, then I'll praise. Like simple, you want praise? I want the stuff, do the stuff and then I'll praise. One plus one equal two, very simple. Win-win. No, 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 that's not how it works. That's not how it works. What God wants to see is the barren woman singing. It's easy for the lady with the 15 kids to sing. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean. It's easy with the one who's got all the stuff to sing. That doesn't mean anything. That just means, like, praising when you have everything is not, it's like a tip for a waiter, okay? Thank you, God, you did a good job. Here's a praise, you're good. That's not praise. Praise is the one who has nothing. Praise is the desolate woman. Praise is the one who everyone says, you got nothing, as she says, I got everything. Verse four, he says, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. See what he's saying? He so you're complaining now? You're not going to even remember this time. But the key to get there is what? Praise. Sing. You do your part. Like, you want me to provide? I'll provide. I want you to praise. You do your part, let me do my part. But the order is very important. Why? Simple. Joy comes from the presence of God. The presence of God comes from praise. You see how that works? Joy comes from the presence of God. The presence of God comes from praise. We want joy. There's no joy without God. You want joy? You need God. How do you get God? You praise. Joy comes from the presence of God. The presence of God comes from the praise. So that's why 2023, year of workout, year of you know spend less money, year, whatever. I don't care what any of that stuff is. All that stuff is very nice. We're gonna cover all that with a blanket, okay? Or put it all under the umbrella. Year we're gonna praise God. Year of praise. Year of singing. Singing here, Singing here. Singing here, singing everywhere. It's going to be the year when we praise. And I promise you, based on what God said, not based on what I'm saying, when we live a life of praise, God moves in. God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. The old, the old King James gave it a great word. It said, thou inhabitest the praises of thy people. Inhabitest. Okay? So when we lift up our hearts in praise, God will inhabitest our homes. He will inhabitest our mouths. He will inhabit our lives. And that's what we want, Lord. Because when the praises come, then God comes. And when God comes, everything comes. I promise you, if you have everything in life, I promise you, just trust me on this one. If you have everything in life that you ever wanted, everything in life that you ever wanted, and you don't have God, you have nothing. And if you have nothing in life that you've ever wanted, and you have God, you have everything. The answer is not the stuff, the circumstances, the happenings, dances around me. If you have God plus nothing, you have everything. If you have everything plus no God, you have nothing. And the way we're going to get God, more of God in our life, is through praise. That's what I want the year to be for you and me. I don't want this to be a year where we just pray more. Praise is a type of prayer. I don't want it to be the year that we just pray more. I want it to be the year that we praise more. That we spend less time looking at what I don't have and what I lack and what God hasn't given me. We spend more time focused on what he has given me, which is so much greater. That we spend less time looking around horizontally. We spend more time looking up. And when we look up, the only response is to praise and sing and glorify him. And when we do that, we have everything that we need. We think we need more stuff. We think we need answers. The example that I always think here, you know the story of the prodigal son. A famous story in the, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 15, where Jesus said there was a man who had the two sons and the one son said, I don't need my dad's house anymore. Give me my money and I'm going to run off and do my own thing. And he had his money, all he could ever want And he had his freedom, all he could ever want He could party, he could spend time with his friends. Everything he said he ever wanted, he had it. And then what he realized: Life stinks, I'm miserable. Now here's the key part of the story is that he didn't say, if only I had more money. He ran out of money and he said, he didn't say, if I had more money, that's how we think, if I had more money, but the more money wouldn't have sold it. The more money would have given him a sandwich for another day, but it wouldn't have lasted because he would just spend that. He didn't say, if only I had a better job, if only I had more food. He didn't say that. He said, if only I had one person, the father, because if I don't have any money and I don't have any food, I don't have any job, but I have my father, I'm good. That's, we need to come to that same realization. 2023. You don't need the addition of more stuff. You don't need the removal of more stuff. You don't need more people, you don't need less people. We, you and me, we need more God. And the way we're going to get there, as I said, joy comes from the presence of God. The presence of God comes from praise. And the reason why, I'll give you the answer up here on the screen, then we're going to do a little bit of a uh, uh, object lesson together. The reason is, is because praise, makes god bigger and it makes me and my circumstances smaller the science behind it praise makes god bigger and it makes me and my circumstances smaller we're gonna play a little game right now everyone lift up your finger okay one finger and put it in front of you but still look at me don't look at your finger look at me okay but put the finger in between you and me okay and hold it up but focus on me everyone's focusing on me you can still see me right everyone can still see me no matter what I do, you're focused on me. You can see me. You can barely see that finger. Throw a second finger up there, but still focused on me. Throw a third one. You can still see me, right? Like everybody can see me. Anybody can't see me? You can see me because you're focused on me. Now go back to one finger. Well, just one finger and focus on your finger. Just look at your finger. You can't see anything about me, can you? That finger's blocking your view. You can't see me anymore because you focused on your finger. And I'm telling you, the finger represents the circumstances of your life. You can put your fingers down right now, okay? (laughs) okay, You can try it at home in case you missed out, okay? The point of the exercise is this, is what you focus on becomes bigger in your life. And when you had one finger up there, even two, even three, you were focused on me, you barely even noticed it. You barely could even see it. You were still focused on me, life was still good. But then the problem is, even if you don't have three problems, you don't have two problems, you just have one problem. But if you focus on that problem, you can't see anything else around it. And I'm telling you, that problem, that circumstance, is blocking your vision of God. And what praise is, is to say, you know what? I know there's stuff in my life. Actually, there's lo- I got lots of stuff in my life. But God, I'm focused on you. I focus- I can't even see this. Two, four, five, I can't even see it. Because my focus is on you. That's what we need to become. We need to be people who can handle the circumstances of life. And the way that we can is when we keep our focus on God, not on the circumstances around us. All of us are living with problems. And there's no one here who doesn't have any problems. No one here who doesn't have circumstances. The person who smiles is not because their life is easy, but it's because they have chosen to focus on something greater, and that is God. And that's my question for you. What's going to be your focus in 2023? The problems? If you say the problems, then I tell you, you're going to have a year full of problems. The circumstances? Well, you say I'm gonna focus on God. And I'm telling you, the one who says I'm gonna focus on God, he's gonna have the same problems, but he's not gonna be the same person. That's a person, see, the focus on God doesn't change the problems. Doesn't change it, but it changes me. It changes my ability to handle those problems, to get past those problems. And that's what I, my prayer is for every single person right here. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 19 is one of my favorite passages in scripture. It says, though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Meaning though everything be bad in your life. Though all those negative things. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. Nothing can take me down. The one who looks to God, nothing to take him down, no matter what it may be. And the one who looks at the problems, the smallest little problem. The smallest little problem. And he's down for the count. The one who focuses on the problem, the smallest problem. The one who focused on God, the biggest problem can't take him down. That's why this is what we're going to do. Y'all going to repeat after me. Repeat after me. My focus will not be on myself, my problem, or my situation. Again, my focus will not be on myself. My My problem problem or my situation. My My focus will be on the Lord. Emphasize that my. My focus will be on the Lord. So all these other suckers can focus on the problem. All these other fools can focus on the situation. All these people can do whatever they want. But my focus, repeat after me, My my focus. My focus will be on the Lord. And I promise you, when you do that, the level of joy in your life, the level of peace in your life, the level of hope in your life, even though there's obstacles. I'm not saying the obstacles. I'm saying the good stuff. Because 2023, my focus will not be on myself, not be on my problem, not be on my situation. My focus will be on the Lord. In other words, someone used to to see this at the bottom of some people's emails, a little quote, is to stop telling God how big your problems are. And we're going to start telling our problems how big our God is. We're going to praise him no matter what the situation, home, work, relationships, whatever it may be. We're going to do what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. St. Paul says, therefore, by him, let us continually, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let us continually, you want a memory verse for 2023? Take Hebrews 13. Let us continually, when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's sunny, when it's good, when it's bad, when I'm promoted, when I'm demoted, when the stocks is up, when the stocks is down, when I got nothing to look for, or I got everything, let us continually offer to him the sacrifice of praise, and he says specifically, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, practically, what does that look like? Okay? Okay. You, you can take this, like you're smart enough to interpret what I'm saying and to, to figure out how to make this work, but I'll give you some examples, okay, in case you're wondering like how can I put this into practice in a, in, a, in a practical kind of a way. I'll give you a few examples. The first, and the one that I think is the best, is every Saturday night we have a service in the church. The best thing we do in the Orthodox Church, the best thing we do is a service that takes place on Saturday nights called Midnight Praises. Okay, it's called Midnight Praises because it's actually supposed to be at midnight. We don't do it at midnight because, A, we rent the space and they wouldn't let us stay till midnight. But, two, because we want to get up early the next day. But this is the way it was originally. We do it, Okay, we have vespers from 7 to 7.30, and then Midnight Praises from 7.30 to 9. It's also the time that we do confessions. The best service in the church, the best hidden gem that we have in the church is the Midnight Praises. It's all based on psalms or passages from Scripture that praise God. It's the song of Moses when he crossed the Red Sea. It's the song of Daniel, or the three youth in the furnace, when they were in the furnace, and then God delivered them, and we sing their praises. It's Psalm 136, where it talks about how he's repeating, his mercy endures forever, his mercy endures forever. God is good, his mercy endures forever. It's psalms and hymns and all kinds of praises, and the best thing about it, the best thing about it, we never once ask for a thing for ourselves. There's never a time you're like, okay, but insert your request right here. Nah, 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 nah. there ain't no requests only praises. And I'm telling you, if you want to know about me, I'm just saying about me. I know I realize some people are not into it, whatever it may be, but for me, when I was getting close to God, the midnight praises was the staple in my life. Saturday nights, religiously, but I didn't mean it that way, but you know what I mean, like religiously, I was there religiously, but a, you know what I mean. I was there every single Saturday and nothing could shake me from that because that was the one time where I didn't care about you or you or you or you or you. I'm standing in front of God and I'm just going to praise and I'm just going to sing. And believe me, now, confession. Okay, we do confession during that time. So usually I'm in the back taking confessions, but when no one shows up for confession, I don't get upset. <laughs> Actually, I rejoice because I get to go up there and sing the praises. And I'm telling you, if you've never tried it, give it a try. Make a commitment just a try once a month. Just try it once a month. Just commit to once a month. Okay? And I bet you that if you are consistent with it, that you will fall in love with it as well. But the key is the consistency. I'm not saying the first time you show up, it's gonna be like a night in heaven because you don't know it. Okay, it's like showing up to a concert where you never heard the songs before. But the more you get used to it and the more you learn, I promise you, this is for me where my spiritual growth went up was during this midnight praises. In fact, I remember that when I was getting married, okay, they wanted to do a bachelor party for me and they wanted to take me out to whatever it was and Saturday night, whatever, whatever. I said the bachelor party has to be over by nine so I can make it back to church at midnight praises. And I left at nine. I think they stayed, okay, and like hung out. I don't know what they did after. I went to church because that's what I needed and that's where my soul found the most joy. So that's number one Saturday night midnight praises. Another thing that you could do, again, something that I did during this past fast of Advent is that I changed my personal uh, spiritual routine. Like I have my morning routine, I pray the Egbeya, okay, the book of hours. But during this time, I actually switched and I would do the midnight praises on my own. Okay, now it's easy like when we were growing up you had to like there's like a book it's like this thick and you had to like you know get a big stand it was, you, now it's all on the ipad and on the, the phone so it's very easy so i changed out my morning prayer structured prayer and i did the midnight psalmony on my own okay just by myself and i loved it okay and I, I i might continue with that i don't know we'll see how god leads but that's something for me personally doesn't need to be by yourself okay you're a family we actually did this as, as a family during the christmas time we would do a family midnight praises together. We would sing the hymns together. Okay, just an abbreviated version is very, very nice. It doesn't also have to be just the, the church-prescribed midnight prayers. Like if you, you like to sing songs, maybe in your personal prayer, start every prayer with a song and end with a song. Why not? Okay, we all love to sing. Like, why not? Or do a family song night. Why not? One thing actually that I said is once we have our building, God willing, one thing that we want to do is just like we did on New Year's Eve for those who were there. Just praise nights. We just want to come to church and just sing and praise God together with no structure, no agenda. Also, we're down here some more things. Uh, The car. Take advantage of your time in the car. Stop listening to the news. Okay, nothing. It's the same on the news. Okay, you can don't. That's the biggest waste of time is listening to the news or the whatever it may be. Listen to music. Listen to praises. There's nothing better. Okay, and when you got the music going and it's a nice 40 degree day or whatever it may be. Okay. And you got the windows down. Okay, I know it's hard with the windows down now, but my little trick I turn the heat up really high, and then I crack the windows, and somehow that mix of cold and hot, because the heat rises, the cold goes down, makes it nice and fun right there, okay? And it gives you a chance that you can sing and nobody can hear you. Sing to your heart's delight, okay? Again, if you think about it, the times that you were like singing and praising. Like, I never see anyone driving down the street that's like jamming to like a Father Anthony sermon. Like, yeah. That sermon is really, no, that's not what it is. Sermon is good here, but praise is here. Get a praise journal. Tell others about the work of your of God in your life, whatever it may be. The goal isn't necessarily the, the action. The goal is what the action trains you to do. The goal, okay, the expression again in the physical therapy world is muscle memory. You've heard this expression, muscle memory. Muscle memory means that the more I train, like I say I'm playing basketball, I I practice basketball, dribbling, 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 dribbling. So that way when I'm in a game, it's muscle memory. My hand knows how to do it. My muscles know how to do it without even thinking. I can do it without, that's what we need. We need the muscle memory of praising God. So that when the storm hits, the praise lifts up, we know exactly how to do it. We don't need to figure it out. And in case you're wondering what that'll look like, I want to finish up here by one last example from the scripture of why it's so important to learn to praise God and to have that muscle memory. We're going to see a passage from Acts chapter 16 about two guys named Paul and Silas, who are believers, who are missionaries, who are obeying the will of God, and obeying the will of God got them in a bit of a bad circumstance. After they had preached, it said, "...the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely." So the story starts off. These guys preach the word of God according to the command. God commanded us to preach, so we're going to preach. And the end result is, one, a mob rose up against them. Two, they stripped their clothes and they stripped them naked. Three, they were beaten with rods. That's a rough start to the story. And that's actually the easy part. It actually gets worse from there. It says, they laid many stripes on them. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he threw them into the inner prison and fasten their feet in the stocks. Inner prison. Maybe you've seen movies, TV shows. <clears throat> the jail is always kind of like a nice place where you, know, you bang on the thing and then the, the guard comes and you try to you know, steal his keys or whatever it may be. That's, 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 that's jail today. <clears throat> that's like human rights and civil rights. None of that stuff existed back then. And especially when it says the inner prison. You know what the inner prison meant? It meant here's the hallway and you have the prisons right here. And then there's the prison where there is no hallway, meaning you may be in there. No one will even pass by for 24 hours. You may not even see you're in the dark, there's no windows, you're shackled, your feet are in the thing, and maybe someone will walk by once a day, maybe. But the only reason, my point is there's no hallway. They're not passing by the inner prison. They throw you there when they don't care. And they just just want you to die right there and will come scoop up the remains in a couple days. And that's where Paul is. And that's where Silas is. And what got them there? This is the important part. What got them there? They committed a crime. They stole. They cheated. They lied. They did what? They obeyed God. They obeyed God. And the result is God, who controls all things, they're in prison. The worst of the worst. <clears throat> the situation can't get much worse than this but it's because the situation is so bad that their reaction in the next verse is so powerful. Look what it says. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, that part I'm okay with, they were praying, and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. If that was you, if that was me, if that's, let's not say you, you're a good person, if that was me. But at midnight, Father Anthony was miserable, complaining, hate his life, hate everyone else's life, and let's be honest, kind of angry at God, kind of upset. At a minimum, at a minimum, this would say, Father Anthony was in such a bad mood, he didn't feel like he was doing his nighttime prayers tonight. He's going to skip his Bible reading for the day. Like, at a minimum, you're going to take the night off from the prayer. Not these guys. What did they did? They praised. They praised. They said they They didn't have this. They had this. This is where their problems. And they said, "We're not going to focus on our problems. We're going to focus on the one who's greater than the problems. Problems come. Problems go. But God. That's my focus." And the result, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Now I don't want to focus here on praise God as a form of bribery. Like praise God and then all your problems will get answered. That's not what I want to focus on. But what I want to say is this. The biggest mistake you'll make in 2023, the biggest mistake you'll make in 2023 is using all your energy and all your focus to remove your problems. That would be the biggest waste of time in 2023. That would be the biggest mistake you made. Just like for these guys, it would have been the biggest mistake that they would have made. They would have focused all their time on how to break the prison doors, how to, like I said, steal the key, or Shawshank Redemption, like the the thing where they build the, that would have been the biggest mistake they made. The smartest decision you'll make is to take that same energy, that same energy of complaining, of bitter, of angry, of removing the problem—how do I get rid of this problem? This problem and uh, use that same energy to praise God. Use that same energy to focus on God. And I promise you, I promise you, I'm not saying what's going to happen, but I'm saying what's going to happen. It'll change us. And who knows? <clears throat> who knows? What prison doors, metaphorically speaking, might be opened in your life this year? What dungeons might miraculously, you find the door open? What solutions, which you can't see because you're just so focused on the problem, might God open up? Paul and Silas focused on praise. Three youth in the furnace, focused on praise. Daniel and lion's and focused on praise. King David, his whole life, focused on praise, trial after trial. And I'm saying us, me and you, children of God, 2023, year of praise. Year of praise. Year of focus on God. Year of focus not on the problem. Year of focus on God and what trials might be solved when we do that. Psalm 16, verse 11. And again, another good memory verse for you if you're looking for one for the year. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. If we find God, we find everything that we need. And if we don't find God, we find nothing. And we find ourselves lacking in terms of everything. So, life of praise. Action of praise, yes. But action is going to lead us to the life, the mind. And what we're going to do, I know sometimes it's hard to praise. We're going to think of it like I said earlier about Moses. You know, Moses, old man, but Moses climbed the mountain, Mount Sinai. And at the top of the mountain, he found the presence of God. I love that analogy because I want us to think of that way. Is there going to be times where I don't want to get up and praise? And praise is hard, and there's too many obstacles. But like Moses, we're going to climb. We're going to leave the cares of the world behind, and we're going to climb, and we're going to climb. We don't want to praise. We're tired, we're angry. Or it's Saturday and we don't want to go. It's raining and it's cold, but we are going to go and we are going to praise and we are going to sing and we are going to climb that mountain and we are going to overcome the obstacles. And I promise you, at the top, every time, that's where God is. And that is ultimately what I, he wants us to be as well. I'll leave you with this verse. We say it every time in the Midnight Praises. It's actually from Psalm 51 or Psalm 50. We say it every time we read the, the Psalm of Repentance in the Egbeia. It says, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Let's remember that. O Lord, if you give me the chance, if you give me lips and voice, then I'm going to use it to show forth your praise. Because in the end, I'm not going to focus on myself this year. I'm not going to focus on my problems this year. I'm not going to focus on my circumstances this year. My focus will be on the Lord, because I know that the presence of God is what brings joy And praising is what brings the presence of God, and that's my prayer for all of us this year. Let's stand up together and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for calling us your children, and we thank you, Lord, that you give us a hope beyond anything that can be seen with our eyes. I pray, Lord, that during this coming year, that you would help us to focus on you, lift our eyes up, Lord, to see what is beyond our problems and our circumstances, bulletproof the peace and the hope and the joy that you intend to give us, Lord, and that we can keep it and safeguard it all the days of our life. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, and we ask that you would really give us a special ability to praise you this year despite what our eyes and circumstances may be around us. We ask this in the name of our Lord, and our God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you back next week. Unhurried new series, Friends and Family Day. Hope to see you all there. Have a great week, everyone.